Welcome to Franklin Covey's Be a Better Leader series. I'm your host, Lena Rene. I serve as the Senior Vice President of Professional Services and Client Facilitation for Franklin Covey. On this season of Be a Better Leader, we're talking all about how to help your leaders become more successful even amid uncertainty and change. At Franklin Covey, we help leaders develop the skills necessary to lead their teams to greatness. Many leaders have the technical skills the role requires, but they lack the management and motivational skills to lead others effectively. In this episode, we'll be talking about how to lead your team through change, one of the six critical practices that leaders should use to transform their teams and succeed in their role. We've talked a lot about change, and it's no secret that we've all been deeply affected by it. Everyone reacts and responds differently to change, but there is a way leaders can learn to accelerate through change and achieve better performance. Here with us today to talk about leading your team through change is subject matter expert and Franklin Covey senior consultant, Natalie Brown. Natalie, it is always a pleasure to be with you. It's always fun to see you too, Lena. And you know, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So everyone is talking about change, right? Everywhere we look, and we are in this constant flux of change. Our social media feeds are flooded with tremendous terms and LinkedIn flooded with the great reshuffle and upskilling, remote or hybrid, inclusivity, employee well-being. I mean, there's this constant push to get better and constant change. It really is a lot for leaders and organizations to handle. So with all that's thrown at leaders, can you help us understand how can they learn to navigate this for themselves and for their teams? That's a really great question. And of course, Lena, you know it's one we're all talking about right now. Uh, the organizational ch challenges that we're dealing with right now, these are changes just like any others that we've ex been experiencing for years and years. They're difficult to take on, they're difficult to move through, but especially today, it feels very daunting and it's, it's profoundly uncomfortable, isn't it? It's a good way so to say it. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> It is uncomfortable. But what's important for us as leaders to understand is that while the feelings are normal, that navigating the changes takes processing the feelings and then moving beyond the process, right? So that you can help your people because your people are the ones that make changes happen. Right. So when we're in the midst of any of the conversations, whether it's about the great reshuffle or how to have hybrid work be effective, whatever those big issues are, leaders have to face the reality that we're no longer just in whatever industry you're in, but you're in the people business. And being in the people business as leaders is what is going to allow you to stay competitive within your marketplace, wherever that is, um, attract and retain new talent. And it's what each organization has to rethink improve upon and have an appropriate approach to in the midst of their recruiting and retention. Absolutely imperative. So when we're tackling these things, leaders need to be the ones who are working collaboratively with their HR teams to be able to communicate policies, uh, to be effective in providing support, not just for the infrastructure of the organization, but also for the individual contributors at every level within their organization. It's what we do at Franklin Covey though, isn't it? We take that deep understanding that we have of the predictable pattern that exists within change 
and being able to navigate wherever we are in any change process uh, to ensure that everyone, whether it's the organization or the department or the team, the leaders or the individuals, have the skill sets and the mindsets and the tool sets to navigate that change successfully. It is so well said. And two things that you said really resonate with me. This idea that the change is, it, it's done by people, right? So so all the processes and all the kind of theoretical ideas, in the end, we are people. And then your point about change being uncomfortable really struck me because sometimes it's even a change we want, right? It's something we're looking yeah. forward to or we know is good for the team or the organization. And that doesn't mean it's any more fun. <laughs> change is still hard. So thank you, really well said. Um, you know, one kind of tied to that idea of being uncomfortable is just that we are often reactive to change. You know, even if it's something we know is good for it, we're looking forward to, change can feel negative. Or maybe we go right to, how is this going to negatively impact me? We're kind of wired to react to change and it feels threatening. Can you talk more about, you talked about the process or the predictable pattern of change. Um, can you tell us more about that and how leaders can use that to champion change? Absolutely. So one of the things that we found, and for almost 30, 30 years now, there's been a comfortable conversation about these zones of change. Um, what we've known for almost 50 years, though, is that as human beings, we really don't like change, right? <laughs> We just don't. So when we want to get better with uh, kind of our physical health, if we engage a personal trainer, they're going to make us do burpees, we're going to hate it, right? So even if we are deciding to do a change, in the midst of it, there's grumbling, complaining, discomfort, right? For any excellent change, and if we all think about that within our lives, with any excellent change that is in our lives, there's a level of discomfort that is housed with it. Uh, and so for, for years we've been talking about these zones of change, and some of them may be well known to, to some and some may not, uh, but there are four of them. We keep it simple with four, uh, but the first is when things are going along quite normally. So it's before the change happens. It is the zone of status quo. And when we're in the midst of the zone of status quo, what we can do is be prepared because nothing stays the same in our human experience. Even and if so, we want it, even if we wish it would. <laughs> even if we wish it would say, nothing stays the same, right? You think about every phase of our life. Yeah. You want to stay a kid forever, you're not going to be a kid forever. Being a young adult, maybe we should stay young adults forever. Yeah. <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> Yeah. We're so much smarter now, Natalie. <laughs> we are wiser, but oh, our knees can't do the running that we used to do. So, but in the zone of status quo, when things are as they have been, we can prepare for change. Uh, so at the age that I am now, I am preparing my body uh, to do, when I run distances, I run them differently because of the changes. So in the zone of status quo, we prepare for change. The second zone, though, is when a change is launched, we call that the zone of disruption. And we have to deal, whether we've chosen the change or the change has, has chosen us, <laughs> they, they are both sides. Um, but either way, we have to deal with the chaos that has been caused by the shift from where we have been to where we're going to be. 
and that disruption um, where everything's impacted, we're just not as, as successful in the typical things that we've been doing. Everything takes a bit of a nosedive unless and until we decide that we're going to, we, we've decided we're going to be successful. You decide you're going to do the burpee. You decide you're going to learn the new system. You've decided that as the organization merges with a different organization that you can be successful in the midst of the new organization. That point of decision is where you adopt the actions that are necessary so that you can be successful. So what's great about this is we do this as individuals, but the organizations that are the most successful at change um, have all of the individuals collectively decide we're all going to be successful, right? right? So that's that second zone. And then you're halfway through that point of decision when you, you move into that third zone where you start adopting what is necessary to have the successful change, right? So we adopt whatever actions are necessary to make that change successful. It's, it's we push through. Yeah. Uh, so in, in working with uh, graduate students or moms of toddlers, I have a lot of people around me who have uh, young, young, little, little kids and the potty training and the like, we have that phrase that I use with them all the time. The only way out is through. It's it's the same for change efforts, right? So and that's the only what we way, say to CEOs too. <laughs> Toddlers you have to say and it to, CEOs. <laughs> it's this, you know the conversations you have in the C-suite <laughs> and with a group of toddlers aren't that different always. <laughs> not always that different. So the only way out is through. And absolutely that idea of being persistent, that zone of adoption, you think that once you decide you can just hop right into being very, very successful. Well, in life, we have complexities. And especially when we're dealing with complex change, it's a three steps forward, two steps back kind of thing. Uh, and this idea that you may see if you've ever seen a change curve, it looks a little smooth, but it's actually bumpy and wavy and a lot of back and forth. Because again, collectively as an organization, everybody has to start to consistently adopt those new actions. And we're people, right? It's it's people doing this work. We're not we're not a smooth change curve. And it we're is, not going to be smooth. challenging. Yeah. 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 But you push through. You push through the zone of adoption with your persistence, right? And part of that is having had a great vision for what the change is, what the, what the to be is. And as you've articulated that to be really, really well, crisply, cleanly, with clear lines of demarcation of how you know you will have been successful, that's where that zone of adoption, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. and you can ride through it. Yeah. Once you've successfully completed those actions, and you are uh, um, starting to see the change that has been envisioned. We call that zone. It's my favorite zone. I'm a little. I'm a little preferential towards the zone of innovation. It's when all of the pieces start to pull together, and everything that you've been doing becomes easier and easier. Right? Your hard work has paid off. The organization is starting to see. Whatever it is, whether it's increases in productivity, um, sales, or uh, stakeholder um, 
pleasant outcomes, right, your, your rubric for success is being met. And at that point, the easier it gets, the closer you get to restarting the cycle, you're headed back to cycle to status quo. Amazing. And two things you said. So in that zone of um, innovation, that's when you're actually even getting the better results than the first status quo. Is that right? Absolutely. When you have adopted all of the new changes and everyone is moving, that's when you're um, when you achieve even greater results and outcomes than you did previously. What we find with failed change, unfortunately, is when the zone of adoption, when you're not persisting in having consistent actions Mm -hmm. as it was envisioned, that's when you have flat results. Or, I mean, shall we all just think about Blockbuster together? Where you then have, you know, an, an outcome where suddenly you're out of business or you're underperforming compared to where you were before the change, those are actual probable outcomes as well when we're not successful in the stage of adoption. The zone of innovation is not a given. You have to persist and you have to earn it. You have to earn it. it. Yeah. And, you you know, there's the, the point of decision you talked about. What I find compelling about that is it is a choice and part of that is a mindset, right? There, there comes a point where, look, it's chaotic and here we go and we might not like it, but there's a mindset to getting where, okay, but we're doing it and how can yes. we make this better? So yes. tell us, you know, as we wrap up, what's your advice here? Like how could leaders adopt a mindset or shift their mindset so that they can really turn this change and uncertainty into opportunity? So I love that um, that question as well, because what it's about is accepting that as leaders, we are people too, and we go through those four stages as well. So that idea, um, and, and being in the consultant's world, a lot of times you're brought in in the midst of a change, and the leader says, make them do what needs to be done. And you literally have to start with leadership around what is the gap in your performance as well? What changes do you need to lean in and embrace so that we can all be successful? Because as leaders embrace the change and lead the way, then they are able to set the tone, and and as they understand the, the, the pattern for change as well, they have to understand the pattern. They are embracing the pattern for themselves and they're leading the way for those that they lead. Now, they are welcome because we all are within our humanness. We're going to have discomfort. We're going to have mixed reactions. Some of us will react uh, with trepidation. We might be reactive. We might be resistant. But when we decide that we are going to be successful, you allow those behind you to see, oh, my leader is embracing the change as well, Hmm. right? Um, and so it's all about meeting whether you're a leader, individual contributor, or somewhere in between within the organizational culture, um, that idea of meeting you where you are and helping you with the mindsets and tool sets that you need to navigate through those zones successfully. That's what we do. And I think it within the four zones, what I didn't mention is that, you know, we're all about getting those wonderful results. That's why we want to manage change well. Uh, but the 
the differentiator as far as what Franklin Covey brings um, in partnership with organizations is that, you know, the other axis is time, right? Mm -hmm. There are changes that take years, um, yes. but w we at Franklin Covey allow, allow us because of our level of expertise and our knowledge of the different zones and how to navigate them well, we compress that time. We call it going writer and tighter, and that's my favorite. That's why the innovation is my favorite. Thank you so much for your insight today, Natalie. We're learning so much from you and are so grateful for your time. Thank you for having me. Take care. And for those of you who are watching or listening, as you think about the change you've experienced in your organization, how are you reacting to it? What actions could you take today to better navigate through change and to better lead your teams through it so you can get to that zone of innovation? For more helpful resources on leading teams through change, visit us at franklincovey.com.